Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Hey, everyone. Everyone. Welcome back to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. You guys, I love April. Well, springtime in general. You know, the weather is usually super nice, especially here in Houston. It's not too hot, definitely not too cold. The weather is always just right in April. And Easter is almost here. This is Easter weekend we're approaching upon. So what do you all have going on for Easter? Well, for me and mine, we have a whole weekend planned, okay? Yep, it's a whole thing here. And I'll make sure to post some family pictures on social media so that you can see all of the plenty Easter festivities because I love to plan holiday festivities. Okay, so since the weather is getting really nice, a lot of you are wearing your short shorts, you're wearing your dresses, and that includes pregnant women as well. So some of you, particularly your pregnant women, might notice enlargement of the veins in your legs while you're wearing your short shorts and you want to know what to do about them. So we're going to chat about it today. Now, as a reminder, pregnant women are more prone to getting varicosities or these large dilated vessels in pregnancy than when you were not pregnant. Blood volume increases in pregnancy with blood volume being twice as high as your pre-pregnancy volumes by six weeks gestation. And this increase in blood volume causes veins to enlarge and dilate. Okay. And hormones also cause these veins to be more relaxed. Okay. So that's why you get more swelling in your lower extremities because those veins are more relaxed and honestly, they're leakier as well. So you have that fluid that leaks into the tissue so you can get more swelling. Now combine all of that with an increase in blood volume with pressure on the veins from the uterus that's just chilling and sitting on the pel- in the pelvis, compressing all your nerves and veins. This leads to slowing of blood behind the uterus and slowing the return of blood from the veins in your legs and lower abdomen to the heart. Now, due to this, varicose veins in the legs can develop as well as in the anus. And what are those called? Hemorrhoids. Yep. So pregnant people are more likely to get varicosities anywhere, including the anus, which includes hemorrhoids. Now, to look for varicose veins, you just look, uh, they just look like swollen veins that are raised above the surface of the skin. For some, the veins appear bluish 
or purplish in appearance, and you are more likely to see them if you are more fair skin, right? So the lighter you are, the more likely you are to see the veins flowing underneath the skin. Now, although these veins might look unpleasant, they're usually harmless, okay? So what should concern you if you are having any issues is if your leg not the veins, but the legs are actually swollen. If one leg is more swollen than the other, then this could be a sign of a deep vein thrombosis or DVT. Now, I know we've discussed this before, but I personally had a DVT, a rather large DVT, if you don't remember, and three blood clots in my lungs, and those are called pulmonary emboli. Now, those can be life-altering or even life-ending. So I'm going to constantly remind you of the signs of that when I get a chance, okay? So that is a sign of swelling and engorgement as well. That's not varicose veins, okay? Now, in addition to varicose veins, spider veins are also very, very common. So what's the difference, right, between varicose veins and spider veins? So spider veins are just there. They're little thin veins that look like little branches, almost like if you took a pen and you drew a whole bunch of squiggly lines uh, on your legs, those are spider veins. They're really, really, really thin. Okay. Whereas varicose veins are usually a lot bigger. They're larger. So it's common to have both of those in pregnancy. Spider veins usually don't cause any pain. They just look like little splotches. Okay. On your legs, the little lines that are veins, whereas varicose veins look like thick, almost like as thick or as wide as a pencil, okay? You can see varicose veins underneath the skin. And sometimes they do cause you to have pain. Now, 25% of people have varicose veins at some stage in their life, okay? So these are super duper common and usually they're treated conservatively, making sure you're wearing compression stockings. Um, Of course, we tell pregnant women to elevate their legs that help return blood from the lower extremities up to the heart. And then, um, of course, if you're not pregnant, uh, things like weight loss helps with varicose brains. That's less pressure that you're putting on the pelvis, less pressure that you're putting on your legs. And so you are less likely to have uh, varicose veins if you do lose some weight. Okay. Not fat shaming here. I'm just stating the facts. All right. So now that you know a little bit more about varicose veins, Let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 38-year-old who is four weeks postpartum with her third child. She noticed engorged veins in her legs that are painful. Her OBGYN did a lower extremity Doppler to rule out a deep vein thrombosis or a DVT, which was negative. However, her OBGYN seems to think that she still needs to be treated with Lovenox for anticoagulation. But the patient does not want to do the injections. She presents for a second opinion. All right. So Lovenox, uh, same thing as anoxaparinox, is a type of blood thinner that we either use twice a day. Usually in pregnancy, you're going to do one milligram per kilogram twice a day. Or some people do 1.5 milligrams daily. But that is not the recommended uh, combination in the pregnancy. So you could do 1.5 milligrams daily postpartum. Or, but we usually do twice daily in pregnancy just because your blood volume has doubled. We want to make sure you have enough coverage. Now, whether or not you need Lovenox or not is up in question right now is what I see. So Lovenox 
therapeutically would need to be um, a very high dose. And sometimes it can be very painful to give yourself injections because we're giving your you're giving yourself injections in the abdomen. And trust me, I get it. I had to do that through six weeks postpartum. And I was so afraid to stop it that I did two extra weeks um, to make sure that I did not have a DVT because I was petrified that I was going to throw another blood clot. But if you had a lower extremity Doppler and it's negative, then perhaps you don't need the Lovenox. If you do need Lovenox, I would get a second opinion from a hematologist. And that way, somebody can look at those images one more time to make sure you don't have a blood clot. Because that's probably what your OBGYN is thinking. Wait a minute, you're postpartum, you're having pain. Maybe this lower extremity Doppler or the imaging that we do on the veins in your legs to see if you have a blood clot there. Maybe that's inconclusive because you will have a setup and many risk factors for having a DVT. So it's better to treat you than not to treat you. Now, I would agree with your OBGYN in saying that it's better to treat you if there's any question, okay, then you just treat, okay? Why? Because not treating you could kill you, okay? That's why. And so it's better to treat you, to keep you alive and inconvenience you for a little while than not treat you. But if you really don't need to be treated, Lovenox is expensive. Even with insurance, it's going to cost you $100 a month. So you have to think about that. But what I would say is make sure you don't have a DVT and make sure you don't have any other risk factors. Okay, so she might be thinking, man, she has some other risk factors. I should have treated her anyway. All right. Let's think about your risk factor. Now, you're already older than 35. If you are overweight, meaning your BMI is over 27, that's a risk factor. If your BMI is over 40, you should have automatically been treated. Okay, I lean on the side of caution. If you are obesity and your BMI is over 40, I give you Lovenox. Why? Because like I said, it's inconvenient for you, but it makes sure that you don't have something. That's a common reason that people die. We talk about preeclampsia and hemorrhage all the time, but we forget thrombotic events is high on the list as well. And so that is when you have a blood clot in your leg that flakes off and travels to your lung. And if you have it big enough, it's called a saddle embolus. It could kill you. I'm not trying to scare you, but it could. So if you have risk factors like obesity with a BMI over 40, or you have anything else that's an underlying vascular damage, in addition to being overweight, you've had a personal history of DVTs. If you have any thrombophilia, okay, like you have factor deficiency, you have um, antithrombin 3 uh, deficiency, you have antithrombin 3 deficiency, you actually need therapeutic anticoagulation. Otherwise, if you have a negative uh, Doppler, negative imaging, but you do have a risk factor for DVT with this little scare that we have here, we're doing lower extremity Dopplers. Yeah, I, at least I'm going to give you a prophylactic being a small, tiny dose. So not not therapeutically treating you, but once a day, Lovenox can help prevent you from getting a DVT if you have risk factors. So it really does depend on if the lower extremity Doppler was very conclusive that you didn't have a DVT and if you had any risk factors that should have put you on a small, uh, you know, mini dose, mini a prophylactic. When I say prophylactic, that means preventing you from getting a blood clot if you should have been on that in the first place. Case pearl for this case is varicose veins do not require anticoagulation, but a DVT does. So when in doubt, rule it out.
And if we're still in doubt, it's better to treat than not to treat. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 42-year-old who is 14 weeks pregnant with her first child. She is also recently engaged and is getting married in a couple of months. She has varicose veins on her legs and really wants them treated before marriage. She tried compression stockings and leg elevations, but the varicosities are still present. She now wants sclerotherapy for her treatment of her varicose veins before marriage, but her OBGYN isn't sure. She was referred for a consultation. All y'all getting referred for these cosmetic consultations. I mean, really, y'all? Listen, you're doing all the right things. Compression stockings will help. Elevating your legs help. Losing weight, we don't want you to do in pregnancy, but that does help. And I'm not saying that you're overweight, but that is one thing that can also help. Let's talk about sclerotherapy. Sclerotherapy actually injects a chemical into the vein to occlude the vein, okay? And then there's also laser therapy that ablates the veins. There's also vein stripping that people get for varicose veins. Y'all, uh-uh, no. Why are we doing that in pregnancy? Why are we doing something that has very little data, including laser and injecting veins in pregnancy? No, I, I say absolutely not. I do not think you need any surgical treatment. So I think you have a couple of options here. One, move your marriage until after you're pregnant, after you've delivered, and then you get your vein stripping or sclerotherapy or laser therapy on your varicose vein and spider's veins, okay? So if you really want to wear a short dress and you want your legs to be visible, do that. Two, get yourself some sheer stockings like the girls at Hooters and wear those, okay? They make your legs look real good, real firm, real tight, all right? Or three, just wear your legs as they are. I mean, most people, even if you get married on a beach, you're going to have a long flowy dress on. Nobody's going to see your legs. Okay. Until you don't have any clothes on, but your husband is not going to be worried about your varicose veins. Okay. On your honeymoon. I'm, he's not, you're the only person worried about your varicose veins, just you, no one else. So Let's not focus on this, okay? You are 14 weeks pregnant. You're 42 years old. This is your first child. I mean, focus on that, okay? Focus on all the glory of that. Enjoy your pregnancy and everything that comes with this pregnancy. And if you want to get married during the pregnancy, more power to you. But I do not want you doing anything that could potentially cause some complications in pregnancy, like anything that needs radiation, anything that needs fluoroscopy, anything that needs to put you under anesthesia can also affect the pregnancy. So I do not, and I repeat, I do not want you getting any of the surgical treatments of varicose veins because that's not life-threatening. That is not, having varicose veins will not kill you, okay? So you can wait a little while longer to get treated. And like I say, Nobody is going to be worried or looking about your legs except for you. So we can go a little bit longer with these varicosities until after we deliver. Now, whether you want to get married or not before that, that's up to you. But the treatment, no, ma'am, you need to wait until after you deliver this baby to get treated. Case Pearl, surgical treatment of varicose veins should be avoided in pregnancy, period. All right, medical intern, are there any more email questions? Yes, this one says, Dr. Plenty, are varicose veins hereditary? My mom and I both have a lot of varicosities in our legs, 
and I'm only 27 years old. I noticed them after having my son two years ago. My mom said she also started noticing hers after her first child as well. Yes, there is a genetic component, right? Anything that deals with like veins and tissues and things like that. If you have a family history, especially a strong family history of uh, varicose veins, you are more likely to also have varicose veins as well. Now, I don't know the exact genotypic link, but that has been um, pretty well studied that people with strong family histories do have it. So I don't know if it's a causation, meaning a genetic definite gene defect, you are more likely to, uh, to have it. It does run through families if you have varicose veins. Also, people that are fair skin, you are more likely to see spider veins and varicosities than people with darker skin, okay? Now, for instance, my mama is a fairer complexion. You can see every little spider vein on her legs, okay? And I remember seeing them even as a small child. And my mom had me very young. She was 20 years old when she had me. And so I was talking to my mom literally yesterday. And I said, do you realize that by the time that you were my age, me and Stacy, my little sister, were both in college? So I remember her having varicosities when I was in college, her being my age. And I don't have any varicosities. I have none. But I'm a chocolate bunny. I'm chocolate. Okay, so uh, you can't see as many flaws or blemishes in terms of veins on my legs. And so some of that is going to be because you can see them better if you are fair skin or you're Caucasian, or even if you are uh, Latina, you're going to be able to see varicosities more easily than someone like me who's of darker complexion. Although I may have, you know, varicosities, I just cannot see them as well. So they don't, you know, they're not as defining, but yes, people that are fair skin and families tend to also be fair skin. Okay. And so, yeah, people that have varicosities, their parents also probably have varicosities as well. So yes, it does tend to run in families, but like I said before, it doesn't hurt anything. Okay. As long as you're not getting, you know, asymmetrical, meaning one side Versus the other side, as long as you're not having a swelling of the leg with tenderness, um, okay? And I say that because varicosities, if you touch them, they can be painful. But you shouldn't have swelling and redness of a one calf muscle, especially when you flex your foot up. If that's painful, you need to always make sure you're getting a deep vein thrombosis or DVT ruled out so that you're not in some serious issue, you know, having serious complications. Also... If your mom had a history of a deep vein thrombosis, okay, along with her varicose veins, then that's something you may need to mention to your OBGYN. Say, hey, my mom or whomever else in the family, in addition to these varicose veins, also had a history of a DVT or PE or multiple strokes, then that could prompt them to do a workup to make sure you don't have any of those blood conditions, okay, or aka thrombophilias, that's just blood clotting disorders that can predispose you to getting blood clots as well. That would be serious. Varicosity spider veins, not so serious. Blood clots or some, uh, you know, mom also had a, a, a clotting disorder, very, very serious because those also tend to run in families as well. And so you would need to get that checked out. All right, medical intern, is that all our cases? And she's shaking her head. Yes.
So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope that you've learned more about varicose veins this episode. If you like the show, make sure to rate, comment, and share with your friends. If you didn't, give your comments to yourself. <laughs> per usual, if you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And don't forget to catch up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, Remember to advocate for yourself, ladies. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.